This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast. I'm Dan Staten. This is your blue collar, do-it-yourself, self-guided, public land, elk hunting learning curve resource where we leverage hunting to create more personal development. Our goal is to educate and encourage our listeners to become the best possible version of themselves through hard work, delayed gratification, and being accountable to themselves. Oh, hey, what's up? Welcome to Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man. If you've never tuned in before, thank you. This podcast is dedicated towards fitness, nutrition, elk hunting tactics, self-discipline, personal development. I want to kind of preface today's podcast with it's this one's just a little different than most. It's actually going to be a live lecture. And this lecture took place in Bozeman, Montana in July 2020, Ryan Lampers, aka Stealthy Hunter, contacted me and asked me if he could have me come out and talk to his camp. It's a summit that he calls it. He's got about 28 athletes coming in from all over the country to learn how to elk hunt better with Ryan. And it's a pretty cool camp. He did it last year and he did it again this year. They show up around Wednesday night or Thursday and they go into the backcountry for an overnight. They hike with Ryan, Brian Barney, Cody Rich, Mark Livesey, his llamas, and they go into the backcountry and they set up a camp and they work on glassing scenarios, how to set the best camp, where to get water. They just work on backcountry skills. Then they come back to Bozeman. They meet at the Big Sky Archery and then each subject matter expert comes in and delivers some sort of hour or two hour lecture. Ryan tasked me with coming in and talking about something related to elk hunting and what I've learned throughout the years. And then he also wanted me to take the folks through a workout. He gave me two hours. So you're going to catch this lecture where I come in and I basically introduce myself. And instead of having them sit down, because I think I was the fourth 
presenter in a row. These guys had sat down most of the day, and uh, I decided to come in and make them do some shooting drills under duress and expose them to what it's really like shooting at an elk with a high heart rate. So what we did, and you're going to not hear this part, but uh, we set up five 3D targets and put a clay pigeon on the 10 ring of every target. Each camper was able to do 30 seconds of lunges. And in those lunges, they were just split lunges. And it was just designed to get the heart rate up and get blood in their legs. And then they had to drag their partner 40 yards all the way down the indoor range. Once everybody cleared, we said, shoot. And they had they were advised to shoot an arrow fairly fast. And we had 28 folks go through this sequence. And two out of 28 hit the clay pigeon at 40 yards with a high heart rate. And I wasn't really surprised. That's usually what happens at our elk-shaped camps. And so we just hit home by showing folks the importance of shooting under duress, understanding your breathing, knowing kind of your shot effective range with high heart rate, backpack on, at elevation with topography in the shot. And so we just wanted to focus on that. So that's what we did. And then once we're done with that, I'm gonna bring in a lecture about balancing your hunting portfolio and giving kind of some examples of how you do that in fitness and also how you do that in hunting. I think it's a really good short take home lecture. So check it out. And when you're done at the end, um, we'll give you a little recap. Hi guys. What's up? Let's uh, do this. I made notes. Ryan asked me to come in and talk about uh, Dan 20 years ago versus Dan today. So kind of the learning curve deal, and that's good. But I really want to also be able to flex and do whatever it is that you need to do so you get your money's worth out of this weekend. Most of you traveled great distances. Most of you are probably maybe slightly overwhelmed with a lot of information. And I don't think sitting in that chair is super sexy all day. So yeah, screw that. Let's go and do something right now. So what I want you guys to do is grab your bow after you move your chairs and tables out the way. I need this whole area cleared out. So whatever that means, I need a shooting lane right here. You need your bow. That's it, not workout gear. And hustling is my love language. So let me know that you love me. Let's go. Guys, I'm super honored to be invited by Ryan to do anything that's helping him. He's helped me with my elk shape camps more times than I've helped him. And so like, I just feel indebted to you. Let's start with a Ryan Lampert story, shall we? Kind of break the ice. So 2011, I'm in Idaho. I'm in one of my best spots ever. Uh, bulls bugle in this basin all day, every day. They, they're just there. Uh, brought my buddy Kenton. Uh, we started Train to Hunt. If you ever heard of Train to Hunt, the guy, Kenton, brought him in there. We're, we're in there. We're hearing bulls. It's awesome. And we kind of split up, meet back up at my dirt bike. And he's like, dude, I ran into another hunter today. And I'm just like, what? Nobody hunts this shithole ever. And he's like, yeah, he's, uh, he's like tall. He's got long hair. I was like, okay. Does he look like a good hunter? And Kitten's like, yeah, I think, he, I think he might be a good hunter. I was like, ah, crap. Uh, so never saw him. Kenton met, ran into him like two or three more times. One morning, this hunter, I finally heard him doing his bugle. And Ryan will tell you, he's not the best bugler, but look at his resume. He kills elk, 
He rakes like a mofo. Do you guys rake much? I didn't know how much you raked till I watched your uh, the Wyoming hunt. He and Dirk was editing it and was like, "Dude, Ryan rakes a ton." And so I'm in the mountains. This guy is on a ridge bugling. I can tell it's a hunter, and he's got three, maybe four bulls, and it seems like they're all coming in towards his call. And I'm like doing the math, and I'm like, four. I know you heard this story probably last year, and I was like, I can get down between them. So <laughs> that's what I did. So Ryan literally called all these bulls in, and I just went right between Ryan and all the bulls and shot a bull. Never had to make a sound. Actually, I did. I cow called, the bull stopped, shot him. I don't know if you ever knew that. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> Total. <laughs> Complete. Uh, so killed the bull and then ended up meeting Ryan. And then uh, he killed the bull just a day later. And um, I was in there trying to help Kenton get a bull. And Ryan packed out his bull and he dropped. I think Ryan dropped an arrow or something out of your quiver riding his dirt bike out. So I found it, brought him his arrow, shook his hand, traded numbers. Been good friends since, since then. So that was like nine years ago. Pretty cool. Uh, so I've known Ryan and kept in touch with him for a long time. And I just, uh, I would embarrass him. But like Ryan's, Ryan's good people. He's like the only person that's a hippie that I'm friends with. You know what I mean? Like I'm pretty uh, just honored to be his friend. He's good people. His wife, they're just salt of the earth. So thanks for having me, man. Uh, I got nothing but love for you. And I like everything that you do. Um, Ryan's the cool, cool's the other side of the pillow, doesn't get stressed out. People got lost on a hike. I'm sure he wasn't, he was concerned, but I'm sure he didn't get stressed out. Ryan does not, he's right here. And you need people like that in your life, right? Maybe you're this person, you need a Lampers in your life, keep your steady heart rate. But what I want to talk to you guys about today was, first I'll give you my what is elk shape spiel. Has anyone uh, ever, or not heard of elk shape at all? Yep. Okay. So on elk shape, it's not about getting in shape for hunting. Although we just showed you it's kind of important. I was a little surprised that the more clays didn't get busted. I'm going to shoot you straight. I wouldn't take that as insulting. I would take that as in, okay, there's something to what that, that short kid showed us at Lampers camp. Maybe we ought to go to Walmart, buy a box of clays and drag a sled or, or do some step ups and kind of work on that breathing thing a little bit because I can promise you this, I've never killed an elk without a backpack on. I've always had a backpack on and it's always been a steep angle and I've always had a high heart rate. So if we know those are given in the equation, why don't we practice those? Like I always shoot with bino harnesses, bino harnesses on in a backpack when I'm killing elk. So you should do the same. Does that make sense? So I'm all for reps you know, good stuff, but would you guys promise me when you go home that you would at least integrate this once a week? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so elk shape for me is more of like a lifestyle. I feel like we are lucky to be elk hunters. It's a gift. Like there's a lot of people on this planet that don't have anything that they think about before they go to bed other than what's the next Netflix series coming out. Like I'm thinking about, well, where's that bull right now? What's he doing? Is he bugling at me? Is he, uh, does he get in his cows? Like I'm thinking about elk hunting year round and I'm fired up about it. So when my feet hit the ground in the morning, I'm ready to win the day because I'm an elk hunter. I know that I'm going to be as productive as possible. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to shoot my weapon. I'm going to break a sweat because I want to kill an elk. 
I'm going to shoot my bow in my backyard, not for Instagram, but because I want to kill an elk. I'm going to spend time with my family at dinner, put my phone down so they'll let me go kill an elk. Do you see what I'm saying? Everything runs through my elk filter. Everything. And I don't think that's sad. I think it's actually an advantage in life, and it provides me a platform for personal development. I make more deliberate, disciplined, delayed gratification decisions because I'm an elk hunter. And I encourage you to do the same. If you love elk hunting as much as I do, maybe even more, you should be running life through your filter. Your leadership inside your home should be improved because you're an elk hunter. Uh, if you want to check out and completely elk hunt, but your shit at home is not taken care of, you will not be as good a hunter. Same with work responsibilities. If you don't have your work, like I think about some of you content guys, like you got to bankroll a lot of content if you really want to hunt your best, right? Like who, no one else is going to go record it or film it or edit it. So call over there's got to do a lot leading up to the season. There's logistics involved. Some of you have real jobs. There's things you need to do at home to do your best. So elk shape to me is not getting in shape for elk hunting. It's prioritizing your life and leveraging the crap out of elk hunting to create more personal development in all like your nutrition, your fitness. There's a reason why you put the fork down or you don't eat the dessert or you meal prep and you have a why. And if you can't recognize that that's pretty unique and special, you're probably not going to get the results you want to. But you're all here from different places, invested money and time and energy. Here you are. This should resonate with you. This shouldn't be a foreign concept. Perhaps you haven't thought of it from that light before, but I would argue you are blessed beyond words to be an elk hunter. And it's also a curse because it's one of the new, the type of hunting where you can't just show up, pull the bow out of the case. Like elk hunting requires some prep as you've learned this weekend, right? So I kind of want to talk to you guys about elk prep. <sighs> I want to talk to you from like uh, Ryan said he wanted me to tell you guys what I used to do versus what I do. That's kind of, I kind of don't want to do that, but I will. But I want to talk about balancing your hunting portfolio. So let's do that. So how many of you guys have heard of CrossFit? And there's a reason why I bring it up. It's because I publicly will say I love a lot of things about CrossFit as it pertains to getting you ready for elk hunting. Not the stupid stuff you've seen on the internet. I'm talking like the good stuff, like the magic's in the movement, the high heart rate, the coordination. So CrossFit has this high, like this 10 general physical skills thing. I really dig it because it's kind of like, here's 10 things. Don't suck at any of them, but don't be overly excelled in any of them either. Does that make sense? Like once you get too good at one thing, something else will suffer. So like, balance out your fitness portfolio. Here they are. Cardiovascular respiratory. How does that pertain to hunting? Somebody tell me. Cardiovascular respiratory. How does that pertain to hunting? Hiking up the hill. Up the hill. Endurance. How is that going to help you in hunting? And how is that different than cardiovas cardiovascular? Day 26. <laughs> I like it. Stamina, that's a, stamina, as it pertains to hunting. And what's the difference between stamina and endurance? Mental stamina. Okay, these are physical though. What's endurance a, over time. endurance over time? And maybe even localized? Maybe stamina is more in like, stamina in my calves, stamina in my quads, versus endurance might be the whole system. Muscle endurance, which you're gonna get exposed to today outside will be 
your ability to fight off fatigue or buffer lactic acid or whatever you want to call it, but perform. Strength. When would you need strength in a hunt? Attack out all the animals. Flexibility. Stalking. Stalking is yoga in motion. Absolutely. What else? Uh, power. When would you need power? Maybe an elk quarter, hoist an elk quarter up. What else? Do you may need to haul ass uphill. What about speed and how is that different than power? Speed. Do we need speed as hunters? Okay. So how is that different from power? Oh, Jilly's on my list, and that's different. <laughs> I just want you guys to think. Like, how about coordination? There's a lot of coordination in shooting a bow. There's coordination in maneuvering downfall. Okay, the next one's agility, and the last one's balance. So those are the 10 general physical skills. I don't care that you remember them, but here's the, here's the context to what I'm going with this. The reason why I like CrossFit is their, their mantra is our specialty is not specializing. Those 10 general things I just said, you cannot be too good at one, others will suffer. For example, let's get a world-class power lifter in here. Dude who can deadlift a thousand pounds. Can he run a five-minute mile? All right. Uh, okay, so let's get somebody who runs five-minute miles for 26 miles, like your world-class marathon runners, where are they going to be able to even deadlift their own body weight? Are they going to be an effective hunter? So you have your marathon runner. Are they going to be better at elk hunting? You got your really strong power lifter. Are they going to, here's what I'm saying. Be good at all of them. Not great. Be able to hang with Jason. Uh, not really, but be able to deadlift a little bit with Jason. Be able to run with Corey. Where's my ultra marathon runner guy? Be able to run with Corey a little bit. You know what I mean? Be able to do push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups. Be able to move some large weights, some large loads. Be able to hike with a heavy pack. Really fast, really hard, really aggressive. Be able to have a little bit of a moderate weight and be able to go all day. You know what I mean? So what I'm asking you guys from a fitness standpoint is to not have a specialty. Uh, here's what you need to get out of this weekend. You've had a lot of great people speak in front of you. Like you have firepower here. You need to remember what resonated with you. What did, when did the hair stand up in the back of your neck? When did your ear perk up and you were like, oh shit, he's talking to me. Like that weakness, that glaring chink in your armor needs to be at the top of the list. Does that make sense? So Jason, you probably don't need to work on deadlifting. You're going to be able to pick up elk quarters all day, every day. You might need to work on maybe the endurance or the stamina. Exactly. Okay. See what I'm saying? I'm just picking on him because I know him, but like we all have the things that we need to work on. Generally at a gym, you'll see people spending majority of their time working on the things at which they excel at. Chest day, I'm gonna go do bench, and, and I don't like doing legs, so I'll put that off to the end of the week, and then I won't even do it. So what I'm saying is you go right at it. You come right at what you suck at the most. So, what is that? What, what do you think is glaring thus far? Does everybody have something in their mind right now? What is it? One, try to one word it. 
Legs. Well, legs feed the wolf, right? Anything from this whole camp. Patience kills. Anything from the whole camp? No, that's not going to count. Tom. Tom. Yeah, cardiovascular. Flexibility. Or mobility. Or stability. One of the abilities. We need to figure out which one and put it at the top. Research. Endurance cardio. Flexibility. Flexibility. So it doesn't have to just be physical, it could be mental. Endurance. Shoot execution. Lungs. So cardiovascular, respiratory. Flexibility. Flexibility. Yoga in motion when you're stocking that big bowl. Yep. What's that? Cardio. Endurance. Endurance. Inflammation. Inflammation through nutrition. Has Hillary spoke yet? Hillary, we have an inflammation. He wants to fix that through nutrition because food is a drug. Yeah. Oh, you're in, you're in luck. Inflammation a day. Again, my friends, vegetables, a rainbow a day. All, like Hillary will change your life if you really integrate and overcome, like through chemistry, through God's way, through what he provided, which is nutrition. Flexibility. Flexibility. Whatever. <laughs> uh, mental boundary. Mental capacity, mental preparedness. Uh, better plan, better system in place. Planning, proper prior planning. Uh, I need to slow down. Slow down. Patience. Formalized plan. Formalized plan, proper prior planning. And Cardio you said cardiovascular? Shooting skills. Technique, execution on shooting. Determination. All right, guys. So here's what I wrote down when I was driving over here. I was like, okay, what are like the 10 general physical skills of a hunter? I was trying to think it out. You guys pretty much just nailed them. So mental preparedness, animal behavior slash biology. You need to know that species. This species is elk. You need to understand your elk. Woodsmanship, just being able to last a long time in the mountains. And it's cool to be uncomfortable. You're not really that uncomfortable, actually. You, you like being uncomfortable because you're in the mountains. So woodmanship, adaptability, not just running the same play, running the same play, pounding the same ground, trying the same technique. Landscape terrain topography, which is just like, it just not all tactics work the same given area, okay? Who's hunting Colorado this year? 13,000 feet, tree line? It's different than who's hunting Wyoming. One, two, three. Okay, so some of you guys are hunting Wyoming. Wyoming's a whole, like, it's got high desert, but maybe you do you have general tags? Anyone have any special tags? Just general, maybe you're going high desert, which is most likely. That's where a lot of the generals are. Different tactics. So knowing the terrain will help make that. Performance. Performance is really what did you put in before the season started will probably dictate your performance. And I'm going to give Ryan another, one more compliment. Ryan performs really good in the backcountry because he's really methodical on what he puts in his body. And he doesn't talk about it enough. You should talk about it more. He really is a geek on what he eats. And I think it makes him last longer in the field. So that sustainability in the mountains, Ryan is literally making food, I guarantee, right now for the hunting season. He makes dinner at home. He does surplus. He, do you just, uh, you don't freeze dry, you dehydrate. dehydrate. Really good quality nutrition. 
I think he's got a leg up on the competition because of the ingredients that goes into his bloodstream. Does that make sense? So performance, nutrition, and then fitness. I wrote down proper prior planning and then strategy and tactics. So you guys just kind of told me what you're weak on. I wanted to tell you from a, a proud CrossFitter standpoint, uh, when it comes to CrossFit, my weaknesses are usually heavy barbell. Not a big guy. The longer the workout, the better chance I'm gonna do well. So I spend more of my time on those short to moderate heavy Metcon workouts. Those are the ones I don't wanna see come up. So I just go do those, okay? What workouts do you not wanna see? Which workouts sound the least sexiest to you? Put those up front. Same goes for your hunting portfolio today. I want you to prioritize your hunting portfolio based on what you feel like you need to work on the most. Maybe it's something you said here, but maybe it's something you haven't even thought of yet until the weekend's over. So my challenge for you is to become the crossfitter of elk hunting. For years, I relied upon my fitness and less upon my understanding of elk behavior biology. Okay, so I still killed elk, but I worked really hard to do that. Where now, I'm bringing the fitness down a little. Okay, I got it but I'm bringing the elk biology knowledge, the adaptability, the e-scouting that I learned from Livesay. I'm bringing more intelligence and more attention to all the details, more shooting, more nutrition, less mountain house, all that kind of stuff, and it's adding up. So please quit spending all your time in one, bring, rise the tides together and figure out which one's the lowest and then bring it up. Does that kind of make sense? So driving over here, I kind of figured, I was like, that's what I want to talk to these guys about. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do a little workout with a partner. And when we're done, you're going to be sweaty. It's a good workout. Here's the things that I don't want. I don't care if you win the workout. I'm not, I won't be impressed. I do care that you move the best. There's a difference. Okay. Quality of movement. Who's over 40 here? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I'm talking to my homies. Okay, I'm almost there. I am. How about almost 60? Yeah, that's over there. Okay. Oh, I'm not in my 20s, and I'm barely in my 30s. And it's, you know, I understand that we're going to just work hard, but we're going to move well. Quality. You young bucks, you guys can move well too, but the 40-plus the crowd, I really want you to pay attention to how you are moving and how you are feeling as we go through. We're gonna do a partner workout. The workout's gonna be, we're gonna go outside, we're gonna run down that long street past Cody Rich's office. Do you remember that? It was like a tractor place down there I remember last year. Anyways, I'll have someone range find it. I think it's gonna be about 400 yards down, 400 yards back. You gotta run with your partner shoulder to shoulder, okay? I can make you both hold a piece of string if you want. I just don't want one person running you just run at the pace at the slowest, okay? So half mile run, come back in. If you can't run, walk, okay? When you get back, we're gonna do 200 air squats between the two of you, okay? So let's say, sorry McKenna, look at my partner. McKenna and I are partners. We're gonna do 200 air squats in order for, yeah. I got jeans on, man. So in order for your air squats to count, I have to hold a squat, okay? So I'm gonna get down and do a squat. And yes, it is. 
And now we can start counting towards our 200. Go ahead. Ish. <laughs> nice. So she's going to squat as low as she can. She's going to do 20. And when she's done, I'm going to stand up and, oh, looks like I'm going. 21, 22. And we're going to get to 200. Questions on that? So you're kind of, thank you, that's it. You're kind of holding an isometric. As long as you get to 200, it doesn't matter if you do it increments of 10, no. 20. One person working at a time. And then the other person's holding the squat. What's that? It doesn't matter if one partner does 199. Yeah. Doesn't. You've got to be able to get back up for that last one. Dude, you've you got to hold the squat for 199. You're going to be. But, man, squat deep if you can. There's things on the earth that you need to be able to do, like pick up an elk quarter. And I'm right here. I'm in a good-looking squat. I'd like you to, if you'd like... Or, if this is what you got, then that's what you got. Just give me what you got, right? Okay? But bury that squat if you can. Then we're going to do 100 push-ups. Total. Between two guys. Cool. These push-ups are hand-release push-ups. It's just my insurance policy that you guys are doing good push-ups. Right, Corey? Because uh, my push-ups aren't that good, I guess. So you're going to go all the way down, hands off the ground. That's one. So that's a hand release push-up. So just your chest touches the ground. Try to keep your thighs off the ground. Partner, you got to hold a plank while they do that from a push-up position. I'm just going to be in this position while my partner's cranking out reps. And when they're done, I'm going to go. How many push-ups total? 100, okay? The last movement before we finish with the run is 50 synchronized burpees. Jason, be my partner. Come on. So doesn't matter when he gets to the ground or when I get to the ground, but we got to jump up together at the same time. Let's just jump. Let's do it. Oh, did we clap? Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm just used to clapping. All right. And then there you go. That counts for my 50. Uh, no. 50 synchro burpees, and then we'll go run our 400 down, 400 back time. Okay? That's our workout. I'm going to warm you up outside, and we're going to get going. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a little different. Questions? Who's got injuries that we need to work around? The knee, right? You'll do a lot of push-ups. All right. Grab your partner. Change your clothes. Meet me out front. Hustling is my love language. Let's go. Okay, guys, I hope you uh, enjoyed that little kind of live lecture. I, I brought my mic, and so I'm sure that was that was actually filmed, and Brian may be releasing that video somewhere down the road. I don't know, but I wanted to share that lecture. It was something that I was really excited about, teaching people to focus on their weaknesses. It's a lot of what we do at Elk Shape Camps, and it doesn't have to just do with uh, your fitness and nutrition can do a lot with your hunting. So my challenge to you after you listen to this is to think about maybe something that was mentioned on this podcast that resonated with you. Maybe there's something that you know is a glaring weakness and you don't spend as much time on it as you need. Maybe you're really a good archer, but you need to spend more time dedicating yourself to studying animal behavior biology or studying maps or maybe going on Mark Livesey's 
e-scouting school or maybe sign up for the elk collective and learn more elk hunting tactics maybe it's you know you just need to work on your fitness or mental capacity whatever it is whether it be your hunting portfolio or your fitness portfolio i want you to be good at everything not great at one thing i want you to balance it out and reprioritize your training this time of year it's kind of hunting season full swing so not a lot of time to really do something about it per se but as you're hunting i think you'll realize things that which you weren't as good at maybe you don't have a good glassing system maybe you need to update your gear maybe you don't have the right boots or maybe you don't have the right hunting partner and there's just a lot of things that maybe will show up this hunting season and i want you to keep those in the back of your mind come off season this podcast will be very appropriate for those looking to write their off-season program and prioritize their training leverage elk hunting and work hard towards their goals. I appreciate all you listening. Have the best season ever, and we'll catch you on the next one.